Tales from the Tavern was recorded in front of a live Twitch audience. I'm Commander Shepard, and Tales from the Tavern is my favorite stream on Twitch. We are back with another episode of Tales from the Tavern. Hope you are all having a lovely weekend. Uh, I know Vertrox Nightblood is having a lovely weekend because uh, he has been GMing uh, Weave Racers charity stream over on Staghorn's channel, and they have just broken the $2,000 mark, which is super exciting. Um, if they're still playing by the time we're finished tonight, I've already promised them that we would go drop by and say hello. So um, that's super cool. Uh, I'm really excited about tonight's guests. We have the cast of the Dragon Punch Squad podcast. Almost the whole cast. Not everybody's here, but we're pretty close. Um, I ran out of camera space, so we had to kick someone off. That was... That's how it goes sometimes. Um, but I would love to uh, have everybody go around and uh, introduce themselves. Tell us a little about uh, who you are and anything that you would like to share. Um, we're going to start with Kelly and we'll work our way around. So, Kelly, tell us about yourself. Oh, great. Starting with me. Yep. I play Kezra on the, Dra- on the Dragon Punch Squad podcast. I am the star of the, the show and the leader. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like the rest of the, the guys in the group. We are all from Maryland, uh, Eastern, Sh- Eastern Shore to be exact, across from Annapolis. Um, been playing, uh, started with D- D&D 3.5 play- and moved on to Pathfinder, courtesy of Jake, who got me into both of them. Um, and now I've been playing for oof, like nine years, I guess. And yeah, completely addicted. Nice. Um, yeah, and I just had a birthday two days ago. <laughs> well, happy belated birthday. And um, thank you for uh, choosing to celebrate it with us. <laughs> yeah. Um, great to have you. I did not realize that you guys were uh, within eight hours of me. So that's cool. <laughs> oh. I am oh, in New Hampshire, nice. so... <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. um, awesome. Uh, Jake, tell us a little about you. Uh, so, I'm Jake. I'm the GM and uh, CEO of the Dragon Punch Club podcast. Um, so, I, yeah, the years and years ago, I, I got all the, the all of these guys into D&D 3.5, and then this magical new system, Pathfinder, came out. So, we all, we all transferred over to Pathfinder 1st Edition, and we've been playing every system since, so... Um, but yeah, uh, I had my first start in tabletop role-playing games when I was the wee age of 10, uh, when my dear old dad said, come play D&D. I, and I said, can I be an orc barbarian? And he said, yes. That's it. That's <laughs> all it takes. That's all it takes. And it, history, it, it has been history ever since. So, 
Awesome. That's great. Um, well, thank you for coming on tonight. Mark, tell us a little about you. Oh, um, I'm Mark. I play Elkwood Grimm on the podcast. Uh, funny enough is I didn't get into Pathfinder until I was actually working at the same place Jake was. And he was like, hey, you want to join a game? I was like, sure, I've never played before. Let's do it. And Pathfinder First Edition, so I got to learn the crunchiness of it. But, yeah, that was... So, after that, I just went and started going crazy with finding all different other systems. Been playing 5e as well with him, DMing, so... Awesome. It's, it's, yeah, and as I said, like all the others, live on the Eastern Shore, and just have fun to hang out. Sounds great. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you for, for joining tonight. Uh, John, tell us about you. Hi, I'm John. I'm the voice of Sir Benson Black on the DPS podcast. Uh, I've played as long as Jake introduced me to the game along with everyone else. Um, <laughs> the running joke in our, our circle is that I'm a real-life druid who refuses to play a druid in a Pathfinder game. Um, I'm a plant healthcare specialist, so ah. uh, yeah been loving it ever since jake got got me into it good job jake <laughs> and uh, our our long time <laughs> listener first time caller timmy welcome <laughs> oh my gosh i like can't tell you how excited i am to be here i'm a little nervous um but uh i am timmy um i am adla venor uh cleric of the dragon punch squad podcast uh, i keep everyone alive barely it's um, <laughs> what I do best. And yeah, um, some of you listeners, uh, viewers may know uh, I run the Twitter for the Dragon Punch Squad. So at Dragon Punch Pod, if you see a meme, if you see a, a TTRPG question, uh, there's a good chance that I was probably me who came up with it. Um, and uh, my tale is similar to many others in that. Um, uh, Jake was the one who got me into tabletop role-playing games. I just like remember the other day, Jake, when um, you like you know, encouraged me to DM my first game, and it was in D and D three point five, and I ran a little scenario, and it was ten minutes long because everyone rolled so well, and I didn't prepare very well. Yep. And I just I just think back to that so fondly, and um, how far we've come. So <laughs> I know, happy yeah. to be here. <laughs> over a decade, if you if you remember now, it's been over a decade since, right. since right. we started. Wow! <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Um, very cool. Well, thank you all for coming on. I'm really excited to have you guys. Um, so let me tell you all in chat a little about how the stream works if this is your first time tuning in. Basically, we take all of our questions from chat. So if you have any questions um, that you would like us to answer, feel free to just drop them in chat. I've got moderators that will make sure that we see them and uh, we'll go through them in the order in which they're sent in unless you feel like redeeming a thousand channel points and using the ask my question next so you can have your question bumped up to the next one in the queue so that is an option if you've got some channel points uh, stored away and you would like to use some of them up that's uh, that's a great way to do it um, my cat was here earlier reminding us that there is also uh, a redemption for cat treats so there you go um, all right let's see we're gonna dive right in with uh, with some of the questions um, so I'm gonna start off with a little icebreaker question so since you guys uh, all record your podcast while you're sitting at the table uh, I'm assuming do you use regular like physical dice 
Yes. Do your dice have oh, yeah. to match? Ooh. Mm. No. That's a good yeah. question. Ooh. That's a good question. Uh, I, uh, no. no I, okay. I, I, all right. So, I'm, I'm, mine's interesting. So, I've had, I had one set that I use pretty much all the time. Uh, however, I've added to it. So I have, uh, I have, I have a die that I got from the bottom of a candle that Kelly's uh, wife bought me a while ago. Uh, so I have a D6 in there from that. Uh, I also have a D20 when I was on when I was a guest on another podcast. So while it started off as one set, it's just got like a bunch of other ones that were added in for sentimental value. So I have like my one primary set of dice that I like originally bought that I love. And they're like the most reliable dice I've had. And anytime I try to switch, I it's terrible. I end up jailing the d20s and uh, going back. So for the pod, I definitely use that. I have a set of dice that I use for GMing my Rise of the Rune Lords campaign, um, and that seems to work out well. But yeah, pretty much, I do have to have my matching set of dice, and then I just add on if I, you know, if I'm big levels and I'm rolling like sixty-six for a roll. Uh, it's just gonna add on. So I got. I have a Crown Royal bag, like probably many people do. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Crown Royal, yeah. There's a meme I see floating around now and then that's like, you know, Crown Royal sells a dice bag with a free bottle of whiskey. That's true. Yeah, I mean, it's just change up the marketing a little bit. And... <laughs> uh, I've been using the same couple sets of dice for a while now because. Uh, Kelly actually bought me a very nice set of dice uh, and a dice bag for Christmas one year, and that was my go-to for a long time. But then I started, I started collecting. Everybody's got a mm-hmm. dice goblin in them, mm-hmm. so I I need to go back to that original set. I think <laughs> think that'll will make my game even better. Yeah. So kind of like Kelly, like he has like a, a set for GMing. I actually have two sets for GMing. One set, uh, I have. Um, killed a player with so i feel like i don't roll that d20 all the time um (laughs) maybe maybe i will tell you the tale of that fateful day um and the other such kind of like my general purpose rolling uh and then as a player uh i have a set of like gemstone dice that uh my wife got me and they're very beautiful um and there are also these other couple d20s that i used from dice uh, Dice Y, we've um, done giveaways uh, with them in the past. They're incredible. Go check out their dice. They actually just had a Kickstarter called Just Dice Desserts, and it's all like dessert themed dice. It's so cute. That's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So I didn't mean to plug five minutes in, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they deserve all the attention. I forgot. Yeah, we all have uh, custom D20s does. from Dice Y. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, everybody knows that my dice need to match. They need to match. They're all kept separate from each other in their own containers. Yeah. And the one dice bag that I have that will hold more than one set, um, is the kind that has little pockets in it. So each set has oh, its own yes. pocket. That one's cool. Like it's one of those dice bags that you can actually open it up. So it lays flat so you can use it like as a rolling mat. Um, oh, that's cool. if you, yeah, if you wanted to, but it's, it's even cooler because the outside of it is a map of middle earth. <laughs> oh man. Oh, the coolest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And you're organized. You're not like an animal like me who just shoves them all in one bag and hopes. Right. Right. I can't, yeah, I can't do that. Oh, that would make me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> my, um, my, my 
actual best dice that I have. Actually, Jed gave it to me. My like highest quality, most expensive dice is a D20. It's a, a green glass cannon podcast dice, mm-hmm. and it is easily my most cursed dice. Mm-hmm. It spends all its time in jail. It's a Joe O'Brien green, oh, yeah. and I, I don't play with it. It's awful. <laughs> I don't know if like there is like a factory defect, but I love Jed, and it was a great birthday gift, but I can't use that dice. <laughs> it, was exactly, it was cursed. That's uh, exactly it. It's funny as Kelly could probably attest it sees my dice across the table that I just have a mishmash pile that I yeah, sift through. Like at one nice point in time, chaos. Yeah. At one point in time I did have a set of dice and then when they started going cold I was like, you know what? Throwing this one away, getting another one out. And so my matching set of seven is just no longer matching. <laughs> it was it was funny because I got a bunch of them. Uh, from a place, I think the last it was at Otakon actually one year, uh, and this one place, um, blanking on the name, I have their cup somewhere, um, but they had a giant like mini kitty swimming pool of dice, and you could like do a scoop of oh, uh, yeah. twenty. It was like twenty dollars <laughs> or fifteen dollars for like a cup from there, and you just scoop it whatever you get, you get. Yeah. Yep. And so I've been using like a lot of their dice. I know wow. um, at, like, the cons that I've been to, uh, PAX East mostly, uh, Chessex has something like that, too, but not, mm-hmm. like, a kiddie pool. That, I, oh, yeah. that to me, is, like, the equivalent cool. of a ball pit, and I, you would not get me out of there. <laughs> uh, I think I, I showed a video, too. Like, I, at one point, I recorded the video of me, like, picking up all the dice and just dropping oh. it while recording, and it was just such a satisfying sound. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> for that would be is if you advertise that you threw, like, five like super expensive gemstone d20s in there like, oh, maybe you'll get one. Oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that would be a that would be a heck of an incentive you know what i'd want i would want you know the the, the like air twos that they put money in and then you have to like catch the money in a certain amount of time uh, like while it's blowing around in the air oh, you yeah, need to find yeah. a way to do that with dice what, uh, without 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 killing black someone, eyes. yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, just <laughs> wear some wear some goggles. Welcome yeah. to the hail tube. Uh, <laughs> it might really hurt, but I mean, you just you got you just have to. That's the risk you have to you take. Put on, us. I know, goggles, a helmet, and like died. one of those big inflatable sumo wrestler suits. <laughs> oh, we might be uh, onto yeah, something yeah. now. We, we could theme it. T-rexes. Yeah, yeah, we we could theme it, and then you just wear like like a like a suit of armor. Yeah. Oh man! <laughs> then you'd just be deaf from all the like ping, 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 ping. Right. <laughs> I was about to say the sumo suit's a good idea, but when a D four hits that thing, it's done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's funny. Uh, now, those of you that DM, do you have different dice for when you DM? Oh yeah. No, yeah, it- I don't. I don't. I don't use my Kezra dice when I DM now. I have player di- player dice and non-player dice. Yeah, I'm one of those players who's a degenerate and never DMs and only plays. So one day we'll get. We're gonna it. change that. We're yeah. gonna change that, John. <laughs> Your one first day. DMing experience is probably gonna be a stream, so look out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no pressure. And we're gonna make it awful for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! One day. Yeah, I haven't either, so I'll get there one day. <laughs> 
That's wild. All right. Well, we've had a few questions come in from chat, so we're going to dive in. Um, let's see. The, the first three that we have all come from the same person. So, uh, Gum Malau, the first question he has is, what is something you're proud of yourself for accomplishing this month? I think uh, podcast-wise, we have uh, started doing weekly meetings, uh, like weekly Zoom calls, and that's actually been really fun. Yep. Um, gets ourselves a little more organized. Uh, three of us have kids and young kids, so we're dealing with uh, schedules, and we're also uh, so that helps us kind of plan out the next uh, month, month or two, three months. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not like scrambling last minute. Uh, and then also it's helping us kind of organize our thoughts on future projects. Um, and I've been really, really proud of that. Tim's been, uh, Tim's been our awesome scribe and, uh, moderator on our calls to kind of keep them good and concise. And I think it's been a a huge uh, change for us, uh, help us just in general operate a little more efficiently. Mm. Uh, I, I think for me, we just finished up our playthrough of uh, Sticky Business, which is our playthrough of the Adventure Path to Slithering. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's, it, it went way too long because we didn't have a schedule like we do now. Um, and so uh, it, it went on like so long, but like we got like so invested in it. And it was such a satisfying ending to the Adventure Path. It was, you know, it's one book, it's like three chapters, not that long, but we put so much work into it and we had such a fantastic ending. And I, I feel like, although it's bittersweet because now we don't get to, you know, play that, that kind of adventure anymore with those characters, it's so satisfying to be able to have something like go to completion uh, mm. like that. So, so I, actually finishing an AP is not something we do often. So, yeah, that's true. I'll, I'll piggyback off of that because this particular, uh, stream you know a lot of story stuff came out and a a monologue i wrote for my character how long have we been doing sticky business jake uh few years i think yeah a few years yeah i, I want to say it was like the middle of 2021 i think yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah i think so so the, literally we did one session and then with this character i created i was figuring out his personality second episode i wrote his final monologue and i finally got to do it and you know wasn't perfect, but it was it was so satisfying to get to do. That's very cool. Yeah, I think uh, kind of jumping back uh, with what Kelly was saying about like our weekly meetings and stuff, uh, just like getting more organized in general. Um, I actually started using a tweet scheduler called Buffer, and I like didn't realize just how much it kind of helps me just. Uh, stop from doom scrolling so i think i'm proud of myself that i don't doom scroll as much and i'm able to like you know post i'm able to interact with people in the ttrpg community but i'm not just like because man that twitter will take you to dark places if you let it yeah (laughs) i know i um just speaking of twitter like i am i very carefully curate who i follow now because i'm like i just can't (laughs) I can't let myself get to that point. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to be someone who just wants to post like really like all the bad stuff and complain all the time, then nope, I, I don't have any space on my timeline for that. <laughs> um, let's see. All right. What's something this week that I am really proud of? Um, I am proud of. What am I proud of? I don't I don't know. 
it's it's a slightly difficult question because I'll about to piggyback off the same thing like with uh, everybody else. Yeah. I finished that, but. Well, I think, you know, speaking of scheduling, I think one of the things that I'm actually proud of isn't something that's happened yet, but it's happening next weekend, and that's that I'm taking a week off. Ooh, <laughs> um, nice. There we go. That, that's good. That's a good one, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's something I think, and it's kind of funny because it came up in my Discord today, too, about, like, burnout is a thing, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's really easy to do when you're, like, constantly creating content, so... um I one of the things when I uh, when I was planning out for this season, I was like, I have to make sure that I schedule in like a week off here and there, um, you know. And this time, you know, I was like, I'm just going to line it up with Labor Day weekend, and you know, because scheduling people on a three day weekend is always really challenging anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Anybody else have anything they want to add or? I guess piggybacking off, I could actually piggyback off that. I finally, you know, gotten to a point of, I think everyone else knows, but finally got my vacation, finally taking a vacation for myself. Yeah. That isn't a staycation. Like, yes. Because I've always been staycation. I'm like, I don't want to spend money. And I eventually, you know, you know what? Let's go to Colorado. Nice. <laughs> so finally going out of the States because it's been a thing I want to do for a while was like, I want to travel more and stuff but at a certain point in time like as jake knows like um like back in when we were working together at one point it was just like i don't know the burnout kind of gets real too and you're like i don't want to be yeah. on vacation vacation just i don't want to stress myself too much yeah. yeah and so being able to go back out and travel again and go hiking out in the mountains would be yeah just great but have that all finalized so now it's waiting for yeah. that to happen a couple co-workers that came from my previous company and that company uh like was really bad about encouraging people to take off but i i would i have a fortune to like move to a different department of at that company that like didn't have the same like pto policy so i like i learned to like like you need to just schedule time off for yourself and you need to like rely on your teammates and you need to like work together and yeah. you have to take time off so they came over to this this company that I'm at now, and they're like trying to bring that like never take off mentality. I'm like, no, take off. Yeah. Like schedule time now. I don't care if it's just a three day weekend once a month. Take time off because I don't want that here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the uh, the pro tip: find a company that not only uh, not only is okay with but encourages <laughs> to mm-hmm. per- personal life. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was really lucky. I work for a nonprofit, and um, this summer we actually instituted half day Fridays. So uh, we all nice, summer long, nice. starting mem- the um, Friday, the week after Memorial Day, uh, through my last one will be this coming Friday. Um, and we've only done, had thirty six hour work weeks. Um, it's amazing. Like it's been funny because I've sat in on conversations with everybody and that those don't matter. Like, you know what you do in the, in the organization, like your supervisor basically was all the supervisors were basically instructed. Like you have to work with your staff to figure out how to make this work for them. And, um, and it has been the one thing that, um, every single staff person has been like, you know, what's one benefit, 
that we have here that uh, you know we should keep or you know you 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 like the way it is or that sort of thing and uh, unanimously across the board it's half day Fridays. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm 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 going to bring that up to at my my uh, my Monday meeting tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, hey guys, what do you think about this idea? <laughs> yeah, just a, just a thought. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. Uh, Gum had another question, and uh, this one is: um, What's a source of motivation for your work? <laughs> Music. Oh. Um, for me, for what we do with DPS specifically, I have a lot of friends and family who listen to the podcast. And whenever they come up to me, it's like, dude, what you did that last episode was insane or so cool. Or that was written so well. Like that, I want my friends and family to think what I write is good. And when that happens, it's just, I'm on cloud nine for me. So have like whenever you you're writing or creating something, you always have that person in the back of your mind that you want to think it's good. For me, it's my brother, you know, Tim, Jake, Kelly, Mark, my wife. Like I want them all to think it's cool. And when I can achieve that, it's it. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, like the the in in terms of like what we do with DPS when when we have first uh, started talking about like doing a podcast and stuff um i didn't know that that there was like this entire community around like actual plays and like ttrpg uh like podcasts and streams and stuff like that and then when i found out that like i don't know how i didn't know about it i think just because i played in a lot of home games with like you know like my friends from high school and stuff and then being like wait do people like just listening to like friends play around the table and i was like we have the funniest stuff like we have amazing adventures and it's so much fun and so the idea that like we're entertaining people and they continue to come back to listen to us and i see all the analytics for like everything that we do and like to continue to see that stuff grow and to see people that like really enjoy what we're do it's it's it feels great it feels great to be able to like make something that people enjoy and they, and they want to interact with us too uh it's 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 a, it's a lot of fun i'm i'm very much a people and like um and like relationship like kind of person and so to be able to just like be funny and make people laugh and then you know they they talk about the last episode on our discord just just to like get people talking mm-hmm. is it's like it's 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 an opium for me it feels great it feels One great more. to just see that one more thing uh, I'll add to that was the first time somebody posted fan art. Yeah, that sh- that shook you. You're like a, an artist, problem. an incredibly talented artist, took yes. time to make something I made up in my head. Like mm-hmm. wow, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like honestly, one of the motivations would be just because I like writing kind of like story based things in general. And just being able to meet like every so often, like and have our characters kind of just interact is like a big thing for me because it's kind of like a nice disso- disso- dissociative, like point of like you know all the sh- stuff going out in the world and all that. But it just kind of adds this thing for me that like jump into a story that we're all building together and like how our characters interact, and it's just really enjoyable for me for that point. Yeah, I'd say for me, um, it's funny because, like, I grew up, like, playing pretend, like, a lot. Um, And then when I hit high school, I was involved in, like, a singing group. And, oh, man, like, I just, I love singing. Like, I was, like, trained by, like, a, a retired opera singer. And just, like, feeling the emotion in music. Um 
And so kind of like after like that like season of my life kind of like was coming to a close because she retired from, you know, teaching, so she's double retired. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's kind of like when the DPS like started to like pick up for me. So I like for me, the motiva- motivation comes from like the need that I have to create and to and to make believe and to experience like deep emotion through like storytelling because that to me was like what music was about is music was always telling a story um so i feel like i get like some of the same elements here um you know podcasting um and it's like one of the things that's like you know like the world is crazy and you know it is our responsibility to do what we can to help you know those in need and also feed ourselves and take care of ourselves like mentally and man dps has been there so uh yeah it's a lot of like self-preservation and a creative outlet that keeps Mm -hmm. me going (laughs) yeah I like one of the things that I've really enjoyed. Um, I've done some actual plays in the in the past, and then you know one shots and stuff like that. But um, you know, tales. This stream has always really sort of been my baby, and um, I think one of the things that uh, I've always really loved about it is when people tell me like oh i um you know when i was on your stream this time i met this person and now we're doing this big project together and you know like all of those introductions that have happened because two people happen to be on my stream at the same time that like now this really cool thing is coming to fruition that never would have existed before um and so that for me is really really cool uh i've also i i literally had somebody uh she sent me a message about a year after the first time she'd been on the stream and she was like i just need you to know that being on your stream literally changed my life um and she went on to tell me this whole story about how um she'd always been like really shy and didn't really want to put herself out there and then finally like got up the courage to get involved in in the ttrpg community and then she ended up um meeting and this is her phrasing like she's like i ended up meeting the person that i am absolutely certain is my soulmate and like i like she's like i lost like a hundred pounds and i was like holy crap you know it was like it was just one of those things that's like all I did was invite you on a stream, but for her, it was like this really defining moment. So it was, it was really cool. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. I just like hackling Jake and causing him trouble. I mean, that's <laughs> equally valid. That's fine too. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I just want to tell him you're a son of a bitch, Jake. <laughs> yep, I just, I just like giving him shit. Telling, uh, telling him, I, telling him my my rule interpretation is better. <laughs> I say, stop reading the rules, Kelly. Yeah, yep. I don't like it when you do um, it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, a lot of the same reasons you guys. It's, uh, that's really cool about having people on your stream, like feeling connection uh, and really uh, getting out there. And yeah, I've seen some really cool zone. partnerships really, really cool. happen. Um, you know, people who just... I, one of the things that's been nice about doing the stream, um, I was literally just explaining this to someone the other day, but I was just saying how one of the things that's nice about having, like, repeat guests is I sort of, by the time... Um, 
you know, once I've had them on and I sort of have a sense of like how they how they interact with other people, I can then sort of curate my group for any given week. So if there if I have a few people coming on as like a repeat guest, I'll be like, oh, this person I know will pair really well with this person. And, you know, these two people will pair really well together. And so sort of by being able to do that is where I've really seen some really cool things happen. Um, you know, whether it's um you know, two people coming together to uh, write up a whole new game system. Um, I've seen that happen. I've seen podcasts come to light out of this. I've seen people get involved in um, actual play streams and and that sort of thing. So it's really like it's such a cool feeling. <laughs> when you get passionate, creative people together, some amazing things can happen. Yeah, it's really true. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, I feel like that's like. Like, even, like, the name, like, Tales from the Tavern, like, just, like, the idea of, like, you know, adventurers, like, taking a break and just, like, you know, shooting the shoot and just, like, it is talking about, like, all the things they've, like, you know, discovered and stuff, like, like, this whole, like, this whole, like, place that you've set up is just, like, it's homey, it's, like, warm, and it's awesome. So, like, props to you, uh, Luna, for all your hard work over the years and Thanks. thank you again for having us out yeah it's like middle of the street but like man this is awesome <laughs> yeah no it's great and um, you know i'm glad to i'm glad to have you guys on um all right. that now <laughs> well right now i am but i mean that may change in the second half who knows <laughs> um all right uh, another question that came in from gum uh how do you deal with a table that can't ever decide on what to do next I've never never DM'd, but I've been part of many groups that I'm just sitting there going, make a decision, make a decision, (laughs) make a decision. And it's endlessly frustrating. I I enjoy doing the, so what do you actually do? (laughs) And just stare at them until they provide any answer possible. (laughs) I think I have like a, uh, a list in my head about the things that, um, they may have like started to explore and then stopped and then like kind of diverted to something else. So like I, there was like a moment where like it was like a little bit like sandboxy in like a town and there's like a lot of people that they had talked to like in a tavern night. Um, and it was like there's like the next day they're kind of just like oh they did this and they did this and I'm like ah oh, really not sure what to do here and I'm like well remember you talked to farmer Jim Bob and he said that he was having some problems with like uh, some sort of you know bear or something you know so it's just kind of like reminding them of like what they already know because when you think about like it from like the context of like a story and adventures like if you were like a adventurer and you were in a tavern you had conversations with like five different people there's a good chance that you'd remember all those interactions based upon like you know various levels of like you know things that they're going through whereas like us like the people playing the characters like we have lives like there are breaks it could be a couple weeks in between of you know this sort of thing yeah (laughs) so it's just like having like a short little list where they're written down or mentally about the things that they've already done and like the leads they already can pull on i think it's really helpful I feel like in my experience, um, this probably doesn't always work, but I like 
sometimes when the roleplay kind of dictates it, and what I mean is like the the roleplay of the the personalities of the characters. So if you're playing a character who has that like more like commanding or like uh, aggressive attitude, who's like always always speaking up. Even if you're like you're not the mo- player with the most ideas, it's just like you're, you play a rash character, and it's like, all right, well, we're gonna go with this person's decision because they're just the loudest voice in the room from a role play standpoint. Oh yeah, um, and that, that can get you in a lot of trouble. Um, but uh, I, I think like it's it feels realistic when like you're at the parties at an impasse, and then just someone just like, ah, we're gonna go into the pit head on, make a bunch of noise. <laughs> like, oh, okay, well. We didn't have any better ideas, right? <laughs> Benson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I am. I'm definitely thinking Benson and Benson versus Kesra here. <laughs> I know there have been times when, because I, I also don't really DM ever, um, and uh, there have been times though when, like, I'll get really irritated with the group and just be like, "I'm going to." Like, you guys can follow me or not, but this is what I'm doing. <laughs> so Sometimes you just gotta do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bat Duck in chat just said, we're going to kill the monster. That was in a game that uh, Bat Duck and I played together a while back, and oh. he was like, we're gonna go kill the thing, and all of us were like, ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I always like to, the in 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 the situations where like I, I'm a player and like things just like aren't moving, I will definitely play the character that's just like I'm gonna go poke this, <laughs> and it's gonna do something. Yeah, <laughs> just poke it <laughs> with a stick. <laughs> whether, whether it's good or bad is not not part of the question here. <laughs> yeah, and it's gonna do something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, let's see. Uh, the next question that we had is actually uh, Bat Duck used an ask my question next. And mm-hmm. so his question is, if you have if you had or have had to or have made a villain, were they a real bad guy or was he a bad guy, but not a bad guy? Hashtag Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> uh. That's an interesting one. You always want to create interesting villains and villains that people you know in my opinion it's a a gray villain or a villain who's like bad for the good reason like it's just more interesting to me from a writing standpoint so I like the villain who's who does the wrong thing for the right reason Mm -hmm. yeah I'm in the same boat I, I would like the always kind of while I love like the hamminess of some villains that are evil for evil's sake and they're just like falls to the wall like I'm evil and like cackling and stuff like Skeletor Hicks or puppy. something. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. But um <laughs> Ah man, like some of the other stuff though, I I enjoy like a villain that's kind of like for the greater good. Like I'm doing this you don't understand it, but this will make things better, but it's like a horrible thing. Like, like I'm trying to think of, uh, or like, you know, I was just thinking of the other thing. It was like practicality reasons of like, oh no, raising did 
dead isn't a bad idea. Just have them work or something in the fields. Yeah. <laughs> but they're like, that's evil. <laughs> Is it though? Is it though? <laughs> yeah. They're just they're just corpses. What are they doing? They're, they're just in the ground. <laughs> now they're contributing members of society. <laughs> exactly. But then people were like, they're abominations. You're like, oh, don't worry about it's it. Not a problem until they unionize. <laughs> yeah. That's why you need your local lich to come in and keep things straight. <laughs> oh my god. Lich is a strike breaker. Jesus. <laughs> oh, oh, man, of course. Pinkerton's coming in. Uh, it comes in with a wand of control and dead. Just no, no, no. <laughs> or it works way too good. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so I've I've uh, only GM'd like pre-written adventures. So like the villains that I have the the privilege of playing are like super well written, have incredible motivation. Uh, the only the only villain that I personally have created <laughs> was um there was this boar that had plagued the party, um and. Uh, he became sentient <laughs> through magic. As one does. <laughs> and uh, got super jacked. <laughs> and, then, and then he just, you know, challenged the party to a showdown at the end of the adventure. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, <laughs> so just a bad guy. <laughs> just a bad guy. That boar murdered a level one character playing his first ever tabletop RPG. Oh, no. mm. Yeah. 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 That's how it story. Tell the story. Uh, tell the story. Okay. It's too good. Okay. All right. So, I had a a friend from my from my restaurant days, and he was just like the the chillest, super coolest guy. And I like casually mentioned that I play TTRPGs, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that sounds kind of fun. Like I'd like to do that." And like you know when people like say that, and they're like yeah like you're too you're like you know you're too cool to do something like that like whatever and then i i ran into him a couple years later like randomly um and i kind of mentioned that still doing that thing he's like oh yeah i remember you telling me about that like i was actually really interested in that i'm like oh okay in my head i'm like i have to start a game now like i have to gm again (laughs) um so I got him, you know, all set up with a character. Uh, we were doing this, like, uh, this little adventure by Paizo called uh, Plague Stone. And we just, um, you know, he had this, like, little druid, and he was so excited. And then we just, we are, they're trying to help out this farmer, and this boar is, uh, is chasing the farmer. And it's supposed to be kind of comedic. Like, you're just supposed to, like... Either the farmer gets gored by the boar and runs off, or you engage the boar. You maybe like hit it like one time. The boar runs off because it's scared because it's just a wild animal. Well, this druid was like, "I'm a druid. Like I can like entreaty with animals." And I was like, "Yeah, definitely. Like you know, like I think there's like this thing in the rules where it's like you got you um an animal will give you time to like make your case with it through like your na- nature." Um, so I was like, yeah, roll in nature. And he rolled nature and he didn't do great. He got like a middling roll, like a 10 or 11. And I'm like, yeah, the boar like really doesn't like really care. Um, he's just really wants to get this farmer for whatever reason. And then like next like turn around, uh, he's like, all right, I want to try again. I'm like, okay. And he rolls a nat one. Oh no. And I'm like, yeah. And I was like looking at the rules about entreating with animals. And like, if you fail like that bad, 
they become hostile towards you. So this boar just like stops dead in his tracks and like given the evil eye to this guy, he charges and this boar has an ability called like boar charge or something where he gets like a bonus to his attack if he moves more than like a certain number of feet and he critically hit this poor guy, nat 20. I roll max damage and because of massive damage rules, he dies outright. Just like where he stands. This is like session two. Oh no. And yeah, it was like we were, we were level one. Game. I think he had like 13 hit points. And it's like the boar's attack was like a 1d8 plus like three. And then, yeah, the, the like the boar's charge like thing was like if it moves like 30 feet on a charge, <sighs> it gets like 2d6 extra damage or something. Yeah. And yeah, he, nat he rolled a natural 20, it all doubled, and it was like exactly 26 damage. And yeah. it killed him outright. <laughs> it killed him outright. And it was so tragic, and, and and this guy was just like, uh, uh, I was like, what do I do? And I'm like, well, you have to make a new character. And he's like, it took me a really long time to make that character. And I'm like, you know. That's when you just uh, add Junior I... to the name and start back up again. <laughs> I'm like, you know, if Jerry had a brother who showed up, or a cousin or something, then that'd be totally fine. And then sure enough, like, up rolls Gary the Druid. <laughs> I, I was not a part of this game, but I actually watched the game over the internet because I was interested to see Tim's DMing. Yeah. And that happened, and I just sent him a message on Discord. Like, he just gunned that man down in the prime of his youth. <laughs> I remember, I remember uh, hearing about it. I remember hearing about it later, and they were like, yeah, Tim killed a character, like, like the session one or two, whatever. And I was like, why is Tim being me? And they're like, it was all dice rolls. There was nothing we could do about him. It's supposed to be Timmy? Tim, no, he wouldn't kill a character. Tim, Timmy Kopelt get a character session one. Uh, Played in game. The worst monsters Paizo could even think of, but the coldest, most savage moment I've ever witnessed was a goddamn boar. <laughs> that boar was a hell of an end boss. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he was. Yes, he was. And guess what? Gary is alive to this day. He Good got job, a, Gary. Uh, I know. He got himself a little animal companion. It's a fiery leopard. His name is Hot Boy. And now they're in the circus. So <laughs> He's an NPC in our new campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Uh... Uh, yeah, back to the, the, the original question. So I think I'm, I'm kind of in Tim's boat that I've mostly just uh, played villains for adventures that have been pre-written. Um... But I'm actually kind of a little bit of opposite end of the spectrum on uh, preferred villains. Uh, I, I like the villains that are so chaotic you don't know why they're doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, I think about, like, the Joker in the Dark Knight. Like, like some men just like to watch the world burn. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like they can get boring and it's probably a lot harder to write that kind of villain for them to be good. Um, but I really like the villain that just can't be figured out so you um, you're not for the villain who likes to watch the world burn so you like the villain who just brings the marshmallows <laughs> yeah sure i guess that's a good way to put it <laughs> that's, a really, that's a really good way to put it I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> favorite way i've ever heard to, to oh describe that. Yeah, I'll, I'll be using that next time thank you appreciate that. <laughs> it's like it sounds wholesome but there's a lot of murder involved right <laughs> <laughs> But there's marshmallows. But there's marshmallows. <laughs> and corpses, marshmallows, corpses, marshmallows. 
Uh, I I'm certainly that uh, I, I'm the kind of GM that when uh, in, even with like the pre-written stuff, I'll, I'll change stuff all the time. Sorry, Paizo. Um, but like in my home games, uh, I, I I it sort of depends on the group. Um, I run a five E game where uh, we play in the Grim Hollow setting, and that's all about like it, it's a mixture of like. Uh, sort of grimdark Dark Souls stuff with like uh, almost like uh, monster hunting, like in The Witcher. So that stuff can be very easy to do. Giant monster just wants to kill people. Extremely easy to do. But I also like when it comes to developing really good villains. Um, I, I like I like to take it in a bunch of different ways. But one of my favorite ones is like if you have a lich and he's you know a, a lich is 500, 500 years old or something like that and then you find out that he was a lich because you know he felt helpless as a child and so he found uh you know he found power in like raising raising the undead or something and it's like but that's not the right way to do that <laughs> so i i like developing villains like that where it's like i understand your point but you're still wrong <laughs> it's like that meme like you became a lich for power I became a lich so I could live as long as my elf wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not the same person. Yes. <laughs> it's like uh, one of my favorite villains from like recent media was Silco from Arcane. I don't know if they've watched that, but he's such a beautifully written villain. And he's like, in the beginning, he's portrayed as the monster. But in the end, you see all these reasons for doing everything, and you go, you know, if I was not only a man in his social situation, but also a father, it's like, I, I might do the same thing, you know? Yep, yep. All right. Um, anybody else have anything they want to add? <laughs> no? All right. Um, okay, so Zealzaddy had a question, and uh, his question is, have you ever quit playing in a stream or a game because you and the DM's style didn't mesh? How did you and them handle it? I don't think I ever have done anything like that. Um, no. I always same make here. it a point to try to be um, on the same page as the people I'm playing with, the DMs and players, so... I, that's never happened to me, thankfully. Yeah, yeah. But most of the most of the groups that I play with, it, we, we we sort of have a have a general theme or a style of play that we that, that we like to keep around the table. And so, you know, I try to I try to match that. Or or the, in the games that I run, I try to like present that to the you know to uh, whatever group I'm I'm running. Um, I've heard I've heard tons of horror stories of like really awful GMs or like that play or that guy at the table. Mm -hmm. Like I've heard, I've heard of those things all the time. Um, I've been blessed to never experience that, so whenever That's I hear nice. them, whenever I hear that, I'm just like, who are these people that people meet? <laughs> I've just never really encountered them. Yeah, we're, we're all definitely lucky, especially because like all of our playing origins basically originated from Jake. We're all already very close, and our primary games are all kind of with each other for the most part, or some group of us that already have a good rapport. But, I, I mean, i I'm attending these a lot of them, but I follow them all too. But on Twitter, we just hear constant stories of people mm -hmm. who like don't have access to a lot of players in their area that they already kind of know, mm -hmm. and they're finding you know they're finding groups online, which is which is great. It's a, it's awesome that we have the ability to find find groups online and pe uh, players who are interested. But I, I sympathize with the kind of the crapshoot that that can get, that can end up being if you're kind of 
starting up a, a game virtually with with kind of just strangers that you feel like you have a good connection with, and then they kind of end up being not who you thought they were. And mm-hmm. I, you know, we see those kinds of stories all the time of uh, people who end up in these groups, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh well, the GM's kind of a racist, <laughs> and uh, or they're really sexist, or they're mm-hmm. you know they're they're very moving when people are, express you know discomfort uh, so yeah i mean i totally on J- uh, with jake there that we're really lucky that we we have our really tight group uh, and we haven't had to experience too much of that but i mean my, my my heart breaks for people who are like i really want to play this game but uh i just don't know if i can stay at this table any longer um yeah Um, yeah. the, closest, the closest thing to that I would have was I, um, one of my closest friends, a uh, friend of the podcast, Lucas, uh, DM'd a game, and he had some, you know, people come in, you know, they were they were good guys, but they were, you know, you know, some things were said at the table that we just didn't like, it made everyone uncomfortable, so you just have to sit down and say, listen, we're not about that, you don't mm. do that here, so... That's the closest I've gotten to that, and then that you know that particular person did fix the behavior, and they were perfectly fine after that. Um, that's the closest I've got to a situation like that. I think the fact that you were able to have a conversation about it and they were willing to take that feedback mm. is huge. Like it yeah. says a lot about the group as a whole uh, and about like your dynamic together, but just who you guys are as people too. I think that's really yeah. important. Yeah, you just have to be honest with people. Just be honest. And don't be mean. Don't be bitter about your opinion. Just, this is why this isn't okay, man. Just be honest. Yeah. Something yeah. Timmy uh, made a really good point to kind of uh, forge his DMing style uh, that I always appreciate was he took he goes to great pains to individually understand like the the challenge level or what each player at his table wants to get out of the game and he like he'll ask you like you know if the situation presents itself do you want me to kill your character or would you rather stake you know are you attached to your character do you want them to live and me try to help preserve that um because i mean a lot of people want different things out of the game like my my wife doesn't like her so like her character's dying gives her great anxiety but me, I love when my characters die. Like, kill me all day. And I think that's an underrated uh, aspect of player comfort. Is like, you know, what what do you want out of this game? It's like, yeah, the dice can kill you. But, I mean, this is ultimately a, where everybody wants to have fun. If, mm-hmm. you want the, if you want a little help from the DM to try to change the flavor of the story so that you don't just immediately die when the dice don't fall your way. I think that's an important thing to get, and then that can extend to a lot of things in like what you want in the game, um, from role playing to just general style. And I've always, uh, I've always admired Timmy for uh, establishing that as his style early on. Well, I, um, I have to say that uh, my origins for that line of thinking is literally all the, the TTRPG community. Um, you know, being like kind of at the helm of the you know Dragon Punch Pod Twitter. Um, like I see conversations all the time about like 
hey, you know, like, this is a waiter on the table. Or, like, hey, like, having a session zero to talk about what you want out of the game is, like, critical for to, like, understand how, you know, how to communicate, like, what to expect from each other, what things aren't okay, like, are there topics that are off-limits? Like, I literally did not know about any of those things until I started getting into the community. So, like, you know... You admire that from me, Kill, but that's all the community. So shout out to you, viewer, for teaching me how to be a better GM. So I don't yeah. think that take anything away from you because you took a, the advice of people who knew the right information. You, you were resourceful, Tim. Yes. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm Tim. In the um uh, in in the charity streams that that we've done, um there was one that uh, Jason from uh, Jason from What Do You Do Pods he ran oh, one. Yeah. And um and the when, one of the things that he had used is that it was it was a Google survey sheet that you fill out anonymously and it talks about the things that like you're uncomfortable with if you have like phobias of stuff if you're uh, if you don't like talking about this or that and you know like and what you want out of it now this is just a one shot for like a um uh, I, I, it was either charity or it might have been Pasa kind of the time but um any time that they do something like that though. Filling that out is so incredibly important when you work with people from all over the world that are into TTRPGs. To be able to come to come forward and say, "Here, here are some things that people were uh, uncomfortable with," so we're so we're going to change the narrative of this encounter to this thing, um, and to be able to like see where exactly people want a game to go is so incredibly important and. All, all the people that we've interacted with have been extremely welcoming uh, in in trying to include everyone. Mm -hmm. Just being extremely inclusive in uh, in what everyone wants and in a game and how they want to play it. Um, so again, like Timmy said, the, like the whole like uh, teacher RPG community that like we're a part of on Twitter is just amazing for that. Like that we're we're always just like hey, whatever you want, we'll put it in the game. Luna, what is your cast name? Molly. <laughs> she looks so adorable. <laughs> yep, she just got some treats. She came up, uh, Apache one two 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 in chat redeemed some cat treats for her, and now she has Yay. left. And uh, oh. she got her treats, and now she's happy. She's she's taken off. So yeah. Oh, behind her little ear. Yeah. <laughs> I, how many treats? How many treats has she gotten in a night? Uh, like. I don't know. I reached in and grabbed like a bunch. They're pretty tiny, oh, okay. so. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, yeah. But the the uh, the redemptions available three times a night because I have two cats. So. Oh, okay. So usually that. what I'll do is Molly usually will get the first one because that's she's the first one to come in. The second one I'll mm -hmm. try to give to Daisy, who's the our, our other cat and does not come on camera at all. It's like she knows that there's a camera. Wow. And um, <laughs> and then if we get a third one, I try to split it between the two of them. So. <laughs> Yeah, but this is actually a really great place for us to pause and take a break. So um, we are going to do that. If we haven't answered your question yet, we will get to it in the second half. Um, please just go ahead and drop those right in the chat. We do have uh, an ad during the break for uh, a Kickstarter. So check that out um, if you get a chance. Uh, if not, you can always go back and, and uh, catch it in the VOD or on YouTube, too. Um <laughs> Pat Duck just goes, we're pausing, P-A-W-S-I-N-G. Um, uh, <laughs> and on that note, we'll see you after the break. <laughs> From Unlikely Hero Studios 
Damien Poitier and Hannibal Taboo. The Sunbury, the nation beneath our feet, is a 5th edition campaign setting with new encounters, subclasses, races, and one of the most inclusive populations ever. From the hair shop edges to LGBTQIA plus NPCs in prominent positions, everyone has a place in the Zwari nation. For 350 years, the nation had known peace. Six months ago, flaming blades, thousands of feet high, fell on the borders, shearing the nation off the side of the continent and its entire world. The nation faces a new planet, a new set of circumstances, and no way back. We are back. Hope you guys all had a good break. I know we did. We were showing off cats and uh, <clears throat> looking at games and trying to kill a bug. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So uh, we do have some questions from chat. However, this is one that I had warned you guys was coming um, mm-hmm. because we, well, I received one from Scorch Scotch, who was not able to be here tonight. Uh, and that is the 60 second villain monologue so if you would like to do one uh i am going to play the one from uh that that i received uh yesterday i think i sent it yesterday um and so i'm going to play that so chat can hear it um and uh and then if anybody else would like to do a 60 second villain monologue by all means you are more than welcome so i'm going to play that now um hit the play button watch that send one because he's Easily the one who will have the best of all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You thought that my six-year-old daughter's back-to-school night would stay my hand upon this tavern filled with tales? I'm sure you're wondering how I did it. Could it have been that I stole the powers of the condenser beast known as the Blue Yeti? Or studied the secrets of the mage known only as Audacity? Yes. I have gained power over space and time to bring you the most meta evil monologue in the history of evil monologues! I could even be in the chat right now, (laughs) waiting for my final act to deliver this final message. Follow the Dragon Punch Squad podcast at twitch.tv slash dragonpunchsquadpodcast (laughs) on Twitter at dragonpunchsquadpod and Instagram at dragonpunchsquadpod that was great <laughs> um so there you go it, that was the one that i received uh if anybody else would like to try their hand at a 60 second villain monologue by all means now is now is the time to do it <laughs> uh, i didn't uh, hear anything <laughs> yeah unfortunately i can only play it on my end so uh yeah. it'll be on the stream but <laughs> yeah. you, you, you had to unmute man john you had to you had, you had to think on your feet you had to, un, you had to unmute the twitch Eat yeah. yourself. <laughs> it's all right. I will. Uh, I'm definitely in. I will. I know. Curses again. We're back to that. <laughs> Just know that Jed didn't disappoint. Like he never. Yeah. Did, like he never does. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll bother. We'll bother him for the recording. Don't it's, you worry. It, it's always perfection. Yeah. When we picked out the one person for the five people, we were like, "Who's the most handsome, best writing son of a bitch?" <laughs> you can't show us all up like that. Yeah, that was it. Right. That was that was it right there. Uh, 
Well, I don't feel any pressure because I too didn't hear it because I didn't want to psych myself out because I know Jed's incredible. So I would like to go next only because I know that Jake is going to blow our socks off too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm give it a try, but yeah, I know that too. All right. <clears throat> so it seems you all have finally discovered my plan. You know, when you all first arrived in town, I thought you were mere inconveniences to my greater plot. But my henchmen, well, they couldn't dispatch you like I wanted. In fact, they proved to be liabilities themselves. But you just you took care of them for me. So thank you. I don't have to worry about that awful hard anymore. Anyways, I bet you're wondering why I'm doing all this. You might think of me a cold killer. In fact, you probably already know that I'm, in fact, stalling you while the real threat is approaching the town. Well, you're right. You see, long ago, they cast me out. They treated me as other. They killed my mother. They blamed whatever curse they had put upon themselves on her, and it wasn't her fault. So I am just giving them what they deserve. You are mere passerbys. You could leave. You could turn around and forget this place ever existed and leave them to me. Leave them to the fate that they deserved that my mother did not. So, what will it be? Will you choose death? Will you die along with them? Roll for initiative. Give it an Give it an That was good. I've got one. All right. Okay. I think a necromancer working with demons. Ah, the mortal sheep have come to despise the wolf they hate. You hate me because I work with the demons of the abyss, as you call out the names of your gods, but you don't know that they are the same thing. The demons of the abyss, the devils of hell, they want your body, they want your soul, they want everything you are. And you bow down to these gods and think they are better? The gods want your love, but they want your body, and they want your soul. But for some reason, because the gods wear their divine don't call it what it is, what n- I the fool, or are you? Wow. That was good. <laughs> Thank you. Anybody else want to play? Uh, I will be going last, so if Kelly and Mark have one, uh, they should go down. I'll do one. This is going to be completely off the cuff and to no one in particular. I tire of the filth of this land. I tire of the blood, sweat, and tears that I sacrificed to keep this this world going tired of the ungrateful tired those who just will not listen to reason and now I have come to come to the conclusion that I have no other choice but to you underlings of my land I am now born to Withhold your fish sticks until this land is cleaned of its filth and I do not step on another Lego 
or another toy, or hear another rattling, clanking, beeping, buzzing monitor ever again. You will not eat until this land has been wiped clean of your filth, and there's nothing you can do to stop me with your little arms. <laughs> Some rad dad energy right there. Right? He's, he's, doing, he's being a dad on the side while also being in the interview at the exact same time. Right? I know. <laughs> Oh, I spend I spend a lot of time convincing my children to clean up this room. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that is too good. <laughs> All right, Mark. Mark, do you want to do it or no? Ah oh, man, I, I can't think of exactly one write off of the like right off the bat right now. Mm. So. That's fine. No pressure, man. I mean, because, yeah, because, like, I have, I'm like, but man, I'm going to start, like, skipping my words over because it started getting to that point at the night. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, I, I'm, I'm dying for Jake, so let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so I, for dramatic effect, hold on. <laughs> Here you thought you could spend all your days searching for me and my work. But no, the Deep Ones have blessed me. While you were crawling around, babes in diapers, I was changing things behind the scenes, making everything fit exactly as the plan that I had. Every chaos beast, every aboleth, pales in comparison to the work that I have done. The Great Old Ones will thank me when I am finally finished. And I assure you, I assure you your tiny mortal lives will be puny little peons compared to the things that I'm going to be doing. But you see, I, I am immortal. I will rule every realm in you see in the sky. I will control every soul from ants to God because it is my destiny to do so. Run now and you will be spared or become the dirt and ash that I walk upon. To my victory in the sky. Well, there you go. That was great. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I especially like Love the uh, the chair turn at the very beginning. Yeah, I feel like every villain has to have that. That's good. <laughs> the Bond movie esque. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 every. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if there's not a little bit of bomb villain in your in your villain, it's 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 not living out its full potential. <laughs> Are you even a villain then? I mean, right. uh, oh my gosh, Jake! I feel like you have to talk about the the big bad evil guy from uh, from two nights ago from the oh, from, from the Biz. Biz. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> all right. So the entire series. Timmy had been playing a Shuni ranger who was like a fisherman. He was like an angler. And he had been yeah. talking about the entire time of the Goont, the le- this like legendary creature that had like preyed upon his people and, you know, had, had was just a menace uh, and, and a danger and, you know, in the riverlands and stuff on the Mwangi. And, and for uh, a little context, a Shuni is a pathfinder to ancestry where they're like, they're dog people, um, kind of like pugs. So yeah, they just got the little scrunchy faces. They, and yeah, they're they're adorable. They're, they're adorable pugs, but he was like this badass ranger, like fisherman, 
yeah. and so it, it it was it was started out as like a legend thing, and I and we made one joke about like how he fell into a trap or something. I don't remember what it was, but we joked about how he would end up he would end up in the lair of the goonch. And we said he was like a Bond villain, where he, uh, where uh, uh, he, the, the Goonch is like a big catfish, and so I joked that he had a catfish, like a cat that he, that he was petting, like a Bond villain or, or like Doctor Evil from you know from um, uh, Austin Powers, and uh, I made that come true exactly as it was, and as funny as it was, he had quips against all of them. Like he, like he, he was such a good roast master. Uh, he, he was like connected to each of the PCs in like some way, um, and and he did in fact have have a have a catfish cat on on, on his on his lap that he was sort of petting uh, in in uh, in his lair as they walked in, um, and so like they couldn't take it seriously until they found out that it was it was a reskinned or reflavored naga. Mm. <laughs> and it started casting black tentacles and stuff, and they were like, "Oh, this is an actual villain." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, this is dangerous. <laughs> Oops. And then we, and then all we did was roll like seventieth percentile damage on you all night and murder yep. him. Yeah, <laughs> it, was oh, it, was, it was unreal. <laughs> I, I, I may have uh, increased the HP and then said, "You know what? They might have brought it to zero, but I'm going to go for the dramatic ending." <laughs> <laughs> How could you kill me? <laughs> All right. Uh, Okay, let's dive back into some of the questions that we got from chat. So this one um, came from Jason, and Jason would like to know if your character could be any kind of lycanthrope, like a wear anything, what would it be? This this question's too easy. Wear otter. (laughs) What type of otter, though? Are you talking about uh, river otter or like the basic little little small ones? River otter, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. That, that's what Ad, that's what Adelar would want, or Timmy would. Uh, what Timmy would want. <laughs> okay. I feel like Adelar would like want to be like a, a were eagle or something. <laughs> as majestic as can be, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if we're talking the DPS, Benson would. Um, Probably go for something like a a wear bull. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. Probably, I'd say the elk would probably go for. I mean, not an eagle, but a vulture of sorts. <laughs> yeah, of course. Vulture. How horrifying that would be. Catcher <laughs> just wants to be a dragon. Yeah, can I can can I be a wear dragon? Right. There was no condition put on it. It just said it says wear anything. Yeah, yeah. dude. Wear, imagine uh, an ancient red wear dragon. Oh, oh man, <laughs> that'd be cool. That's just a hawk. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a dragon god. <laughs> I think. I mean, honestly, my favorite animal is a, a, a badger, and I feel like that'd be great because nobody's going to mess with you. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. true. If you become a, a wear badger, I'll just be like, well, oh, I, guess, I mean, that depends. Like, what kind of badger? Because, like, if you're like the English version, it, you might just look like they want to invite you over for tea or something. That's and true. that's fine, too. <laughs> I'm just saying. And <laughs> fits. Right. Both. <laughs> Both. Both for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I actually had a character um, 
that did in a in a game uh, managed to become uh, a werewolf. That was fun. Cool. Having to hide that from the party. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yikes. <laughs> me, and, me and Jake are involved in a 5e game that we play on the side just for fun. Uh, and my wife has, has become recently a were-rat. Oh, uh, classic. Yep. <laughs> and it's caused a lot of gosh darn effing problems. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, it was funny. When, I, when my character became a werewolf, they were like, let's see if we can make something obvious to the party that something about you has changed. So we changed the color of my character's eyes. But nobody picked up on the fact that that was weird. <laughs> it's the most annoying thing when you're playing a character and you introduce like a, a change or like story stuff and just mm. nobody pays attention. Yeah. yeah. Well, fine. I didn't like you anyway. Right. <laughs> but it wasn't significant. I didn't put a lot of thought into this, you know, like the, the, this, this hint that I'm giving out. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. It's fine. For a couple of what? Well, Jake, I, I mean, most of my games were with you. Was there a time once when we had a campaign and you made my character, like, I got infected by uh, a were-rat, like, in the first encounter, and it, like, kind of ruined my character? Yes, yes. And I remember, like, I, I'm trying to remember what that character was, but I remember, like, I got infected by a were-rat and, like, failed my save, and then, like, my character wasn't fun anymore, and it really sucked. I don't remember yeah, the exact, the exact that, circumstances around that. That was, that was back in 3.5. You, yeah. um... They, they, the, the, yeah, these were rats had captured you, uh, and then it, when, when you like woke up, they, they, uh, they heard you, and they, you didn't realize they were, they were were rats. But you, you were a, you were a catfolk rogue, and then yeah, oh, a catfolk, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's why yeah. it was so bad. Oh no! <laughs> and and I was just like, uh, make a fortitude save, and you failed. I was like, I, you're gonna be a were rat, buddy, and you're just like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> Oh, the cat folk. Oh, the cat folk and I had were-rat curse on me, and it was like, like this sucks. Everything about this is, is anathema to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 3.5. Oh. That was a day ago. I good know. times, there are good a lot times. Of, there are a lot of cats that are, like, lactose intolerant, so imagine coming off your little were-rat bender and you just wake up with a tummy ache. Oh! <laughs> like, oh, jeez. Oh, my were-rat my were -rat form is just a real dick, and he's just like, <laughs> you're gonna feel this in the morning. It's like, breaks <laughs> into a creamery. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yes, I, I'm an omnivore, and I will eat anything I can get my mouth on. <laughs> And I break the glass of the nearest Baskin Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just hang out at the dumpster and eat, and eat whatever comes along. I'll be that'll be great for me. Can't make it a word. My head into anything I can get in. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um. All right. Let's see. Uh. So Apache1222 sent me a question directly because uh, he also happens to be one of my moderators. And um, so he would like to know about the best Nat 20 and or the worst Nat 1 you've had on your podcast. Well, that's pretty easy for me because at in the inaugural episode, episode one, uh, all the characters were introduced everything and uh tim and kelly's character 
talked a massive amount of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The town guard, who was also a paladin. Oh, you're not gonna... There's some weird stuff happening in town and you're not taking care of it? Well, maybe they should send some, you know, you know, real fighters to go take care of it. So then we were in a town hall meeting and, uh, you know, things happen. And I don't want to spoil anything for anybody who might come watch the show because it's awesome. Just, just know that Benson handled shit in, uh, in one in one particular role. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Yeah, the, it's it's definitely one of those things that Pizer wrote. Like, here's how this encounter is supposed to go. If this happens, this happens. This if this happens, do this instead. They did not write, however. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if it's handled within six seconds? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went, oh, I, all right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, good job. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. <laughs> You did the thing. Congratulations. Mm. Uh, Okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with with an after one because it wasn't too recent, and uh, it 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 was so incredibly disastrous for for the encounter on my end. Um, There was uh, there was something where uh, the caster ended up rolling a natural one, and the crit card that we pulled no. I think it was no. Timmy rolled a rolled a natural twenty, and it was a spell crit. And what it did was that uh, it made the caster that he was attacking stun two. So he so he had two less actions on his turn. And it was so bad because it went against the caster, and just about every spell in two e is two actions. And so this caster had one action per turn to do anything. And I was like, I. Yeah, <laughs> any significant spell is two two actions. So, yeah, yeah. So I was like, you, you took everything the caster could do away. <laughs> I was like, he was supposed to be a badass with all these cool spells, and it was supposed to be terrifying, and he was just like, boop. <laughs> no, no spells for you. Uh, that reminds me of my favorite. I, I can't think of a, a crit. I mean, I, Jake obviously remembered one that I did, but I can't think of a, a crit that I did re- that was my favorite. But my favorite crit fail with hilarious results was we were going against this ooze that was like an, an uh, alive kind of like sap so it was like a, a gelatinous cube type thing but it was just made out of like sap and i wanted to do a knowledge on it to try to get more information and i crit failed my knowledge and jake was like you have to give like bogus information about the monster if you crit fail and Jake was like, yeah, you know, it's, just, it's made of sugar, so you can just dissolve it with water. And my character had on his person a wand of water, which is basically just a damp stick that <laughs> leaks water. So here I am, middle of combat. <laughs> yeah, just a basic create water spell. Um, meanwhile, you know, everyone's like, combating this thing, trying not to get sucked alive, and my character is like, ha ha, I know how to solve this, and I spend like three turns trying to defeat this thing by just like, like, with a garden hose. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't work. No. (laughs) And then after the combat, uh, Mark's character, Elkwood, took my wand of water and chucked it into the forest. Find it. By golly, I found during it. That, during that three-turn thing, like, me and Kelly's character were, like, inside fighting for our lives. Yeah. <laughs> and our cleric was just, like, shoving a stick into it. 
Guys, this will help. I promise. Just give it a second. This one, okay. this so one I had. I don't think it was a necessarily a natural twenty, but it was definitely an epic fail. It, it, uh, a little spoiler, but it wasn't that like consequential. Uh, we walked into a room, and we all walked into a gelatinous cube that was sitting still because <laughs> all of us failed our perception check to like just see this giant gelatinous cube, and we all got stuck in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was yeah. just like really embarrassing that nobody could beat like the not even that hard of a DC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we were just you, like we just like walked through this room, and Jake was like, "All right, well, uh, you're all engulfed." <laughs> <Think>, yeah, <laughs> roll for initiative. <laughs> roll for initiative. We need to know suffocating rules now. We all right. Yeah. <laughs> they, this went from oh, let's go explore this place too. Everyone is in real, in real danger right now. <laughs> One that didn't hit happen on our on our podcast, but it, I have to mention it because it was amazing. It happened on a side game with Tim uh, Tim runs for us, but there was a uh, we're running Extinction Curse which is a a Pathfinder uh, module for where your whole character, your whole party uh, runs a circus and are saving the world from a side, like a kind of like a side adventure, Um, but your circus characters first and you have to run a circus all the time, and uh, there was the, these rival circus members that were trying to crash our show and so, but we we were onto their plan, so we had a one of our like NPC side characters help uh, a ca- a caster, and then we had two characters go to the other side of the uh, intercept the other group. Well, the caster who was brand new to the party, it was a new PC uh, who came in, uh, cast uh, like manipulate rope or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. You yeah, it was, it was a spell that just like tied them up with a rope, and he rolled a natural twenty on his athletics check to attack him with this rope, and so. We drew a spell critical card, and it was the character, uh, the person, the target has to roll a fortitude save or be transported to another plane. And uh, they failed, and they disappeared. And this was just supposed to be like a non-combative, like, like low-key stop the per- people from ruining the show encounter, and they banished them to the shadow plane. Stop stealing my circus jokes. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Uh, and our the NPC barbarian character that was with him was just like totally freaked out and like didn't know how to react to this brand new person who made someone completely disappear. In a way, the person playing the PC that cast that spell was my brother. And mm-hmm. literally at like, you know, late at night, I don't remember what time you guys played, he just texted me. He was like, dude, I just did something fucked up. <laughs> I mean, he's a magician. He made someone disappear. Right. Uh-huh. Hey, where'd Jesus. that guy go? Uh-huh. I gotta bring him back. <laughs> Man. I can't really say some of this stuff, but, like, honestly, the worst ones were the crit fails. Because mm-hmm. Pathfinder 2nd Edition, as long as you're 10 below, that's crit fail. So I would have threw this for that. But uh, it resulted in... Uh, some character deaths on my part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course, you know, I roll middling every so often. But every time it's a death throw, I rolled a uh, natural three. I'm like, oh, he's permanently dead. Great. Oops. And, yeah, then later <laughs> oh, on. Oh, no. Yeah, then later on, it was like the same thing. You're like, all right, I just have to pass the saving throw. 
At E3, I'm like, oh my god. That's why I threw away my uh, dice tower, because um, I was using a oh. dice tower for those. Oh, right. Oh, I was rolling uh, garbage. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah the first I one remember was your dice, dice tower. tower. Yeah, the dice wow. tower. Uh, I mean, it's 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 there. It's it's brushed by something, I think, right now. But but yeah, I was like, natural three. Okay, this won't happen again, I'm sure. Natural three. I'm like, okay, that was the worst thing I could do. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, honestly, those are the worst. Like some of the crits are like awesome, but you're like, cool, all right, it's over. <laughs> but when you're a marshal, it's not the worst thing in the world. Oh, yeah. See, I can't. I'm trying not to go into spoilers, but the one funny one that we had with Jake describing it was cutting off the our opponent's hands, and we kept cutting off their hands, <laughs> and he oh just kept gosh. picking up another one. Yeah, like, yeah. It was yep. just a mass mob of them, and they're like, oh. Well, they're disarmed now. Let's pick up the arm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, and then I think it was Benzin got another crit. And it was just... <laughs> Come on. I yeah, think Jake I think got very exasperated with that one. It was... Uh, okay, I, I, I think I remember this now. So th there, there was a crit fail where he dropped his weapon. Mm -hmm. And then the critical hit, which cut off one of his hands. And then another critical hit, which cut off the fingers of the hand that he still had. <laughs> so, so this one enemy pretty much had like two or three fingers on one hand, still trying to attack with like a hatchet. Oh my gosh! <sighs> yeah, yeah, I remember this now. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was rough. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, just kill him. He's he's suffering. He's trying yeah, at, so at this point, you're like you're rolling to attack. You're like, I just feel bad. Right. <laughs> so I think at that point you're like, he can't even technically hold these, so he's hitting right. with his nub. He's just. <laughs> oh my gosh! He can't do anything. Oh no. Please stop, uh, he's already dead. <laughs> uh, Alright, did everyone get a get a chance to answer that? Mm -hmm. Alright. Um, so this is actually a question that I came across on Twitter and I liked it. So I figured I will ask it. Um this is a, a the question is uh, common mini games at taverns are a great way to get your players interested in doing something other than move from A to B and talk to C over and over again. What are some of your best downtime activities? Well, um, I have a character in my home game, the the circus one. And he's uh, a bit of a klepto in the fact that he uh, he steals fine art, um, and so it's like kind of like a mini game where he does like little like heist things where he just like breaks into a place, tries not to trip up whatever magical or like animal alarm system is going on, and I just feel, it's just so fun. Like there was like one time where like. Um, He's like broke into like uh, the mayor's house or whatever, and um, uh, there was like a, like a I think a dog that he had to like like I don't know give some food to or something, and then he snuck past, and then he, he looked in the one place and nothing was there. Then he had to like be real still because the person woke up or something, and it's just I feel like those are, have been like some of my favorite kind of like in between things. Um, the other one is another one of my characters is uh you know because it's like circus themed uh, he has a 
I think it's he's called it's called like the card of wonderment and it's basically just like a rigged casino game where like he just plays a card game and people bet and you know most of the time they lose um but the card is like uh it has like a bunch of treasure on it and if you were to like break through like the spell um save you'd realize it's just a bunch of crap that's just like magically looks you know really nice so you know you're just like rolling for that to see if they win against the house is fun um but yeah those are the those are the two fun little mini games i mean honestly like when you when you're playing a circus thing there's just so much inspiration for like little mini games like mm. you could do dart throwing or like bottle toss or stuff like that so man it's just sometimes the setting just kind of gives it to you on a golden platter <laughs> oh yeah um I, I so in in uh, in the five E game that John and I play in, um, I, I play a a, a vampire rogue, um, and so every now and then he he gets a little thirsty, uh, and so <laughs> whenever whenever this vampire rogue happens to disappear, <laughs> I'm always like messaging our DM on the side of like what I'm doing and like uh, there's like stealth checks on the side and stuff like that, and so. The, the the character he'll 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 uh, he'll start acting kind of feral or something like that. He'll he'll start acting at a character and he'll disappear for a while, go feed and then come back and he and he's and he's acting all normal again. And then the 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 players know what's going on, <laughs> but but for a while the characters did not. And so when they found out, they were like, "Is that where you disappear to?" <laughs> like, yeah, I just you know I break into a hotel, find someone that's dead asleep, and uh, help myself. Some yeah. stuff happens. <laughs> we don't talk about it. Uh, also in our 5e game, uh, I play a wizard in that game. Uh, and I made it a point to pick up a uh, a chess set very early on. Oh, and nice. One of the he just like you know, talks to people as he plays chess with them. And our DM was kind of getting sick of me trashing everyone because, oh, it's an intelligence check against the wizard. You know, uh, so he was like, "Okay, you're playing against I." It was Belksire who was a paladin, and he was like, "Give me a charisma check to see if you can intimidate uh, this particular wizard into making the wrong play." So whenever any oh. character plays, like if it's a rogue, he's like, "Make a sleight of hand check to see if you can fiddle the pieces in your favor." So it's it's it's. Every character has a chance to win, and it's turned into this like interesting little dance that my character has with other people. And I, I have to give him credit, Mitch, our, our DM and Five E. He, he really, he really hit the nail on the head with that. Yeah, it's one of our favorite things to to, to play chess with each other in <laughs> in D and D. Yeah. Uh. And, and this actually happened. God, actually, before in high school, actually, um, that sorry, Jake. Uh, the first I didn't officially it wasn't DD, I don't think it was actually, it was a role playing game. I cannot remember the name of it that I was playing oh, with. Uh, it was one of those off, like, this is yeah, like as I said, I'm blanking so bad on it, but I all I remember is that the campaign wasn't going anywhere for one, like, it was pretty much my friend was like, hey, you want to try playing this? Well, like, sure. But the rules were super complex, we didn't know what the hell to do. But, like, the way he was kind of doing the tavern scene was like, oh, and you played dice, and this was when Pirates of the Caribbean came out. And so we were, like, playing Pirates dice. 
Uh, and so that yeah. was like that, that would be the mini game. But then we just said, you know what? This is more fun. Let's just keep playing this. <laughs> <laughs> and we abandoned the whole thing together. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, because it's a fun game. Dice games are fun, but oh yeah, yeah, it was just like yeah, yeah. let's let's just keep playing this. This is fun. Yeah, why <laughs> not? <laughs> I remember they like like they made some deal with some game maker and came out with the game and they called it Never Trust a Pirate. <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah I played that game so much and you bet your bottom whenever I called Never Trust a Pirate I did it in the voice <laughs> as is tradition as is tradition indeed um I okay so I'm not actually part of the podcast obviously but uh I think this wasn't a great natural one that I rolled. This was in a game. Um, it was a Pathfinder first edition game. We were also playing Rise of the Rune Lords, and um, and we were in like some I don't remember house, whatever warehouse, something like that. Anyway, we're in the middle of a fight with the uh, the the enemy that was in the in the building, and um, we. <laughs> He went to attack and rolled a one. Uh, so the DM, you know, he would he would use uh, cri- uh, critical fumble tables and critical hit tables. So he rolled a d20, and we all knew, like, on this table, we were like, oh my god, please roll a, you know, whatever it was, like an 11 or something like that. Please roll an 11. He rolls an 11. The guy punches himself in the groin. <laughs> <laughs> and renders himself stunned for four rounds. <laughs> oh my god! We were like, "Peace out!" <laughs> right? Oh my gosh! Yeah, that, that would render me useless for four rounds. Oh yeah, rounds. <laughs> so then it was funny because to to seriously play into that, the GM you know tried to do a really high pitched voice for the you know the next four rounds. <laughs> oh my gosh! them uh, yeah it was hysterical we laughed about that for a long time <laughs> all right moments when everyone at the table is just laughing their asses off and can't even get a second i think that's like i mean i think that's better than anything anything <laughs> oh yeah oh, we yeah. call it killing the gm or killing the player yes, oh yeah. we killed yeah. Jake. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're dead. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It happens, it's, it happens way too often for me. Yeah. yeah. It turns into a tomato and he just starts, he's trying to laugh, but he can't. And it's just, we're all watching. Yeah. Yes. The, 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 there are plenty of times that I try, that I try to get a joke out, but I'm already laughing at it before the punchline is uh, made. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I have to like try to tell it through laughter. It's impossible. It's impossible to uh. do, but. If we if we can if we can get me or Timmy to be like full red face with like tears in our eyes, it's been a good session. There you go. I put a, I put a notch on my bedpost every time I do it. <laughs> Very specific notches you got. You're probably running out of room. Oh yeah, I'm out. Charlie I was out. gonna say yeah, you must be. That's funny. Uh, yeah, uh, Gum just said storytelling and collaborative humor are top tier tabletop things, and yes. I 100% agree. I think that is very true. Yes. All right. Well, it separates I th- us from the video games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not yeah. wrong. 
Um, all right. Uh, I think at this point we're going to give everyone a chance to go around again and just uh, remind us of um, who you are. Uh, if you're on social media, where we can find you on social media, anything that you'd like to share um, about anything coming up that you have going on or anything like that. And also tell us what flavor a gelatinous cube is. Oh, so we're going to go in the reverse order of when we started. So, Timmy, oh, we're going to start no. with you this time. <laughs> All right, Tim, figure it out. Uh, okay, I'm going to start with the... Okay, I'm Timmy, uh, Adelar Vaynor, Dragon Punch Squad Podcast. Uh, catch me on Twitter at Dragon Punch Pod. Um, I do the memes. I do the questions. Interact with me. I'm nice. Um, it's a great time. Um, what flavors gelatinous cube? I'm going to say that a gelatinous cube, in the spirit of my, my character's nat one on that ooze in the, in the jungle, a gelatinous cube tastes like maple syrup. So oh. A lot of tree sap. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh, no. Okay. <laughs> too much. <laughs> it's too much. Mm. Well, uh, I am John. DBS uh, podcast. I, I'm not really on social media. I, I'm trying to build up the courage to start streaming gameplay for the podcast, but uh, I'm Benson Black. Um, I think a gelatinous cube tastes like Bacardi. Oh! Oh, snap. Okay, alright. Interesting. Yeah. I, I can see that. I can see that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually, it's funny. I think that's the first time anybody has mentioned, like, a beverage of some kind for a flavor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, what? It, it, it's going to burn. Yeah. Right, that's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. So wow. It's just a, so it was just a, um, a jellyfied version of Bacardi 151. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> At that point, it could catch on fire. <laughs> You get engulfed and then you're just really happy for a second, and then you there's like a moment where you don't remember anything, and then there's just massive regret. <laughs> <laughs> like a night of Bacardi 151. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All um, right, uh, Mark. So I'm Mark. I voice uh, Elkwood Grimm, and I'm with Dragon Punch Squad. I do not have social media, uh, really. Uh, but let's see here, Jelanus Cube. But the picture's usually always detailing it green. I would have to say Skittles green apple would probably be a... Well, that would make death a little more delightable. It would yeah. be. <laughs> yeah. If I remember correctly, it's... Yeah, green apple was the better one, I think, than lime, right? I don't know. I'm going to say lime was the better one, wow. but... I feel like green apple is like one of the weakest candy flavors. Well, I feel like you're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the I, thing. I, I this eat. is where we fight. This is where we fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is where Kelly disagrees with everybody. Yeah. Right, right. Give me 20 That's minutes. Right. I'm going to drive over, and me and Kelly are going to have it out right in front of his computer. <laughs> Every child leaves green apple for last. Really? It's just instinctive. It's a. Uh, wow. See, from me, but I can't really eat. Candy, I don't eat candy that much. Green apple is perfectly fine for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm accepting that. Spoken like someone who doesn't eat candy a lot. 
That is very true. Spoken like a healthy person, loser. <laughs> Trying to be healthy, all right? I want my candy to taste like fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you feel a little bit better about eating it, at least, right? Yeah, yeah. My candy needs to taste like pure cane sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Hold my teeth to rot out as soon as I take a bite. <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, I am yeah, next. Uh, so I am uh, Jake. Uh, I'm the GM and CEO of, Dra- of the Dragon Punch Squad podcast. Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Wookie Smash. Uh, we also stream on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Dragon Punch Squad podcast. Uh, we have a playing through The Witcher 3, so if you want, want, to, want to watch me do that, uh, come watch that. Um, I, I've had plenty of time to think about this now. I think the gelatinous cubes taste like menthol. Oh! Oh, that's painful. That is oh, painful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. Uh huh. Better than green apple. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> see, you see, wow. you see this guy. Is he calls he calls himself the hero, and then he says shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> only one with any sense. I'm the only one who's able to make the bold decisions here. <laughs> oh, be true with the power. <laughs> bold, bold does not mean correct. By the way. Right. Right. <laughs> Uh, all right. And uh, last but not least, Kelly. <laughs> yep, uh, Kelly uh, McDragon Masher on Twitter. Uh, follow me, talk to me at all things football or uh, Pathfinder. Uh, very much divided down the middle on my Twitter usage between those two <laughs> things, especially this time of year. Yeah, that's um, fair. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, my immediate thought for Gelatinous Q flavor was pina colada. Oh. Or getting yep. caught in the rain. <laughs> yeah, my first thought was coconut, and I was like, you know what? I think there should be something a little citrusy involved, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Coconut, a little lime. And then, you know what? Throw some of that Bacardi in there. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, everyone's like, yeah. Gelatinous cube, throw some Bacardi, some coconut, and you can. <laughs> <laughs> So that's, that, that's why wizards keep these things around because it's just it's a mixed drink right there right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that thing that's my Saturday night <laughs> scoop out of it boil it down and there you go, there you go. Yeah, my, 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 my July in this cube is a little a little more fun a little more uh, a little more you're gonna have a nice time on the beach it's not like John's just you know, straight Bacardi just gonna ruin your night <laughs> I'm not like other gelatinous cubes. How <laughs> the John gelatinous cube will, will dissolve you quickly? Yes. <laughs> hey, my gelatinous cube has a mission. It <laughs> follows that mission. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, thank you all so much for coming on tonight. This has been a lot of fun to uh, get to have you all on and to chat TTRPG. I appreciate you all uh, for hanging out this Sunday night. I am Gamer Mom Luna. This has been Tales from the Tavern. We're here almost every Sunday night, uh, but we are taking next week off uh, because of Labor Day weekend, and uh, I would like to enjoy a long weekend. So <laughs> so I'm going to do that. And uh, we'll be back the week after. Um, we got some more really awesome guests lined up in the queue. I'm really, really excited about some of the episodes we have coming up. So, uh, without further ado, I am going to start a raid. Uh, we're going to head over to Staghorn's channel. They are still currently playing Weave Racers for charity. Uh, I, hold on. I want to see if there's an update on the uh, on the amount that they have raised at this point. Um, 
I don't see an update in the Discord channel, but that's okay. Um, so we're going to head over there. And uh, if you feel so inclined, uh, feel free to donate. Um, otherwise, please enjoy the shenanigans that I am sure are happening over there. They've got a really fun group of people playing uh, a little tiny game called Weave Racers. It's basically a racing TTRPG. Think Mario Kart, but not because nintendo and licensing so have a great uh have a great evening everybody and we will see you all again in just a couple weeks take care bye Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Tales from the Tavern. You can catch this podcast recorded live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv forward slash GamerMomLuna. All of our questions come directly from chat, so we never really know what to expect when we go live. If you ever have a question or would like to add something to the conversation, feel free to reach out on Twitter at GamerMomLuna and use the hashtag TFTT. You may just get to hear it answered. Thanks so much. I should go. <laughs>